This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Global Frequency. Hello? 621? Who's this? <laughs> Who is this? System alert. Voice mismatch. We have a protocol breach. 621 in San Francisco is not active. This is not 621 on the phone. No, 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 this isn't 621. Listen, who's this? Hello? Tell me your name. Sean Flynn. Sean Flynn? I'm Miranda Zero. And you are on the global frequency. Global frequency? The global frequency. Yeah, I've seen the news. Everybody's heard of you. It's just the global frequency's an urban legend. Oh, well, that's a step up. We're usually a fairy tale. The global frequency is real. We are an independent covert intelligence group. Yet somehow, you've just picked up one of our phones. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that watches the past's near future and the present. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Say that again. That was I think you had one like that one time uh, before. I did. I, I tweaked it up a bit, though. Yeah, no, do it again. I said, uh, the podcast that watches the past's near future in the present. Is global frequency in the near future? I believe so. Hmm. Of 19, of 19, 2005. 2005. That's, yeah, fair enough. All right. This week we're joined uh, by our returning guest, Jane. How's it going, Jane? Good. How are you guys doing today? Oh, I can't complain. Jordan, yeah. how are you today? I'm all right. Awesome. <laughs> Last thing he wants to talk about. Yeah, I'm all right. Um, all right. Uh, Jane, before we get into these things, uh, this whole show we're going to watch today, I know from talking to you earlier that you have something you've been saving since the last time you were on. Sometime between now, then and now, you have something you wanted to do. I do. I hope I it's do. a cake. That's what I'm really looking forward to. Is it a cake? Is Did it you... a cake? It's not a cake. Yeah. I could maybe next time arrange for a cake. This is much more fun than a cake. Um, <laughs> Ooh. Well, it's fun for me. I don't know if it's going to be fun for you guys. So as you guys know, in addition to being a recurring guest on the show, I'm a big fan of the show. And as a big fan of the show, I sort of wanted to do something for the other fans of the show who might be listening regularly and want to have a little fun. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested. I want to see where this is going. So it, it's, are a they small, still... it's a small group. <laughs> are they still called dragsters? Is that what they're called? <laughs> Absolutely. Are we coining that as a phrase? Okay. I, I believe... Uh... Steve personally came up with that. Yeah, I don't think we ever mentioned it since he said dragsters. I, I've said ever... it in my head. Oh, have you? Oh, okay. In my head. Yeah, I think it's like semi-official now that I've said it as well. It's so, twice. It's real now. So this is for the dragsters who are listening to your show and for myself also listening to your show from home or on the on the go. This is the Continuum Drag drinking game. Oh, okay. That I have invented. Now, it's quite limited at the moment, but I think that we could also throw it out to your fans and tell them to tweet at you some possible other things for the drinking game. But I'm going to start with like the ones that I've come up with, and then you guys can see what you think. Is this based on things we say all the time? Yes. All right. I don't know what else it would be. Th- shirts we wear. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So here's the, the, the first draft of the unofficial continuing drink. Continuum no, it's not going to be unofficial for game. long. Is it going to be official? So, okay, well, you got to listen to it first before you decide. So <clears throat> here we go. You take one drink if 
Luke says, Jordan, you're not wrong. <laughs> if, do you say that a lot? I think I do, actually, now that, now that I've heard it. Yeah, you do. Actually, I think it's like a podcast thing because a lot of other people on podcasts also say it. Because or it no could just be that I'm I'm often correct. Well, but I like, he, you I, don't say that he's right. You just say that he's not, not wrong. wrong. Mm. I, like to, I like to reaffirm things for you without committing to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, one drink if the IMDb summary is by Anonymous. Mm, that's a good one. Oh, I've, uh, I've got bad news. I've decided to stop saying if it's by Anonymous. <laughs> no, you have to restart now. Oh, no. <laughs> one drink if Luke had to edit the IMDb summary to make it workable for the podcast. Oh, that's which, also good. Which that's you often announced to everybody that you had to do that. One drink that. if Jordan missed something. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a bad one. <laughs> well, because... I was going to make it more drinks, but then I was like, people are going to be hammered yeah. by the end of this. So It's like a half a drink. Um, one drink if they mention tech war and, uh, one drink, yeah. one drink if they mispronounce a character's name. So that's your one drink. Hey, yeah. they'll never know. The listeners will never know for pronouncing those names. Yeah. Two drinks if Jordan likes something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, we'll see if it happens in this one. If they mispronounce a character's name twice. If Luke hate watches something and directs all hate at Jordan. No, that happens occasionally. Yeah. If Luke and Jordan agree on a fact that you know is wrong, plus one, <laughs> if they agree their incorrect fact sounds right. <laughs> we did have uh, that one on uh, Dune. That guy was really angry with us. <laughs> three drinks if they mispronounce a character's name three times and you realize this is how they'll be pronouncing it for the duration of the podcast. Plus one, if they agree that their incorrect, incorrect pronunciation sounds right. I mean, I think Wong was the right name for that character. <laughs> Oh, what did I say? Wang? <laughs> no, his name was Wang. <laughs> his name was Wang, and neither of you guys realized it until I showed up on the podcast. Right. You're like, who are you talking about? But this well, isn't even really about Wang. This is like a little bit more about the whole Dune debacle. Which, the Dune debacle. Yeah. Well, we could also just have have people have a drink every time you come on and correct us on stuff. But they wouldn't be drinking very often. I know. That's not that's not. I don't fun. come on enough. Fair I mean, enough. I'd love to be on more, but, you know. After this drinking game, I'm not quite sure if I'm going to be well, invited Well, back. let's see how this episode goes. I'm going to be very conscious of uh, everything we say now. No, you're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> also, just so you know, I have this in like this awesome graphic form, which oh, I'll show uh, you, want, which I you guys this. can post oh, on your Instagram. Oh my God, Instagram. I want this so bad. I made it yeah, especially great. for you. So This is amazing. Yeah. So it's all, it's and again, it's the first draft. So I think you should invite the fans to like Oh, absolutely. I, I think people should be uh, writing in to tell us uh, all the things we do. <laughs> Is, is your mom going to write in, Luke? Oh, absolutely. Big fan. Number yeah. one fan. Number one fan. She's always downloading the podcast. <laughs> I can tell from our uh, stats. Yeah. They're coming right from my parents' house. Right. All right. Well, Jane, that was actually fantastic. I'm very excited about that drink. Thank game. you. Thank you for allowing me to bring it to the podcast today. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, but you know one thing that didn't get on that list? What's that? Uh, me saying, anyway. <laughs> you do say anyway a lot. Anyway, let's get to the show. <laughs> I, you know what I say, though? I say anyways all the time. You do. That is true. I know. And I and every time I go, oh, I shouldn't say that. And then I just I do You should again. say that immediately after. That every noise? Every time. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> one more time. Done. What's the sound? Oh. I think that one was even more intense. <laughs> so far, this is one of our best episodes, I'd say. <laughs> I, I love it so far. All right. Well, this week we've gone and we've watched a failed pilot from 2005. We mentioned a little earlier a show called Global Frequency. Is it a failed pilot, though? I mean, it never got to air. It never got to air. And from the very little bit of research I've done, people really like it. Or at least I've saw it referred to as like 
the best show you've never seen and and the best pilot that never got aired and i was like okay guys i don't know if that's quite true i mean we can go through all the things but there's at least a fan base here which is odd for something that never aired well i guess partly because it's based on a graphic novel that people yeah. know and so that always helps to kind of drive the fandom a little bit i think there's a little bit of that and i mean part of the reason we're able to watch it is because uh someone it's unclear who leaked this unaired pilot on uh early versions of file sharing like a bit torrents and things in 2005 so i think this kind of probably would have been a very early example of a show leaking in that fashion yeah. right and i do wonder if like the right it was at the right time in the right place for a show that was never supposed to air to hit like people who were starting to learn how to file share and like it kind of got a little hoopla around it as a result yeah especially because it's got this kind of techie conspiracy kind of bent to it so the people who are into that or into the idea of getting an illegal copy of a show that never aired like it, mm -hmm. it feels like it probably all gels together that way well and certainly the creator and uh, the guy who made the comics they were both um they both like had blogs at the time they were really pushing people to like don't don't download it you guys but uh you should really talk about it a lot they were hoping the the buzz behind it would get it picked up after warner brothers had turned it down by all by all shapes and forms it did not happen uh, here's a question for you jordan because these are based on comic books mm -hmm. by uh warren ellis and since you're our uh resident comic book uh aficionado who's warren ellis well, he's a comic book writer he's written a lot of a lot and of course i don't have anything do i have anything on my shelf there yeah, we're sitting behind a huge I, shelf of comics. I don't know if I know. Anyways, he's he's written a lot of a lot of things. He's sort of one of those writers where I've always found like a lot of times the idea is really good and sometimes the execution maybe it's not always there, but he's just one of those guys who you know it's always going to be something interesting. Like this I think has an interesting idea. And again, I don't know if the actual ex execution or the style of the show maybe lends itself as well to uh the idea, but um I don't know. It feels like a Warren Ellis. So it, feel, it feels right. Planetary. He wrote Planetary. That's in there. Right? Didn't he write that? I don't know what that is. We can cut this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wrote, he wrote Planetary. We're looking at Jordan's comic book collection right yeah, now. Yeah, he wrote Planetary. He's pulling out an actual Warren Ellis comic as we speak. There you go. He wrote, one, he wrote that, that comic. That was a good one. Well, I don't know. He wrote other things. Jordan likes something. Everybody take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there you go. I think we can get into it. I don't know if anyone else has much they want to say before we get started, but I think, uh, I think that we, that's enough preamble. So it's 2005. It's 2005. So are we doing our thing where we talk about what was happening at two, in 2005? Do you have a spiel about that? Yes, that's what we are doing. <laughs> okay. No, I forgot. I forgot I usually do that. Oh, first time ever. So we don't have anything? Well, I know we, we know what we're doing in 2005. We can brainstorm it. All right, let's figure out what was going on in 2005, you guys. Uh, well, the X-Files was over. I mean, that's how we tell time. That's correct. Was the X-Files on or um, was it over? Battlestar Galactica was in full success. Oh, so this is after the miniseries it was running. Yeah, sure. this is actually, this pilot was filmed right around the time that Michelle Forbes's character first appeared on airing episodes of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. So I think, I have a feeling that people were like, oh, she's so hot right now, Michelle Forbes. She's so hot right now. I, and I, then I can tell you a big show. thing that happened in 2005. What happened? Hurricane Katrina. Oh. oh. And apparently also uh, Tony Blair was reelected. God yeah. bless. Mm -hmm. I think that was it. That's all that happened. That's all, that's it. That was the entire. Well, I think Katrina was the big one. Bird flu. Bird flu was two thousand five. Bird flu. Remember, SARS remember? or bird flu? No. The bird flu. Remember? The bird flu. I, I'm of... just I'm just quickly looking up something, and the first thing that came up is the Holocaust. I'm like, I don't think that's right. Not in two thousand. Wasn't two thousand five, right? Uh, was it? <laughs> it was close. 
who can remember that far back? Is there a drink every time we mention the Holocaust? No, but maybe that's something that someone could write in just for you guys. Yeah. Well, we'll cut that out. Jordan, you're not wrong. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Great. That I botched a little bit of this podcast so far, but let's let's start talking about the show, please. <laughs> uh, here is the IMDb summary for Global Frequency. Detective Sean Flynn and scientist Kate Finch are the latest recruits of the Global Frequency, a secret rogue spy agency that handles threats to global security. They must find a man who somehow been melting people with his mind. That's it. I mean, it's a lot, but I think that's pretty much it. That was courtesy of Anonymous. Was it? Shots. Mm, nice. nice. I thought it was going to be, with, uh, what was that last guy's name? Johnny Six. Gus F? Yeah, Gus F. If only Gus F was back. No, nah, he only watches that other not good show. I will say this for this show. Uh, this pilot goes from zero to 60 faster than anything else we've ever watched a first episode do. Uh, and I, I definitely appreciated that. It kind of starts off with this ex-cop, ex-marine, Sean Flynn having dinner in San Francisco's Chinatown. Here's a muffled scream down a back alley and he gets there. There's just a man who's been cut in half. Yeah. So this was like an insane starting. First of all, it was a super cliche starting because there's this guy that we don't know who he is, but he's like brooding and sad and he's at a noodle station in Chinatown. It's like, okay. And there's like a parade. It's like a New Year's parade going on in the background. Where do you brood? You don't do it at the Chinese uh, restaurant? Well, if I was a suspended police officer, I suppose that's exactly Mm. where I'd be. And I (laughs) guess we were supposed to know that by the fact that he was brooding in the Chinese restaurant because they didn't explain to us who he was for a really long time, which I thought was kind of weird. But yeah, the guy cut in half. That was like kind of like cube style. Yeah, it was cut just, in half was pretty cool. He just really was half a body, like cut like lengthwise. <laughs> Is and, that what you call it? And, and half the body was missing. It wasn't like he was cut in half. There was no halves no. there. Someone had someone had packed the other half. Yeah, it was for as to go half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he finds this body in this alley, and I will say I didn't mind not knowing anything. I was like, in some ways, I felt that was the strength of the show. It's like, oh, we're just going now. In fact, he uh, finds a phone on the dead body, which is ringing, and when he picks it up. He basically gets a call from the global global frequency. They're like, "Hi, global frequency calling." I know it is. There was one thing, and I don't know if I can articulate what is weird about it, but it did seem odd, just the way they called people, because it was just like that. Like, "Hey, it's global frequency." Well, it's it's like, "Hey, it's global frequency. We're a covert operation." Yeah. Well, and it's like you don't even know who you're talking to. This was the sort of the most ridiculous conceit I felt about the whole show and I wrote a whole bunch of like exclamation marks down right at the beginning here because I'm like this is a breach of security how can they be a covert operations if they just tell anybody they who tell, happens and to they pick tell, up their phone they tell everyone they tell and they, everyone. well that's the thing so he picks up there's a phone there yeah, it's well, like a somewhat futuristic phone right you like it's supposed to be i think a smartphone or like this is this is 2 years before the iPhone comes out so this is a this is like 2005's like best guess at what a smartphone might be i think it's pretty close i mean they uh, mention at one point like it has a it has a camera in it and i know like, oh. that's a big pop one like it's got a camera and everyone's like oh at which point i was like when did this come out yeah um let's talk really quickly about what is global frequency what do they do like what what's their deal so i sort of when i first watched this i thought okay the global frequency is kind of like the opposite of the illuminati like they're the anti-illuminati if the illuminati is like a secret group of people you know, worldwide conspiracy who you never know who they could be and they're seeking to undermine whatever. The global frequency is the opposite of that, which is that they're seeking to fix and resolve problems. But they didn't never made it clear. Uh, sorry, because later on the episode, they sort of show that they're kind of above any sort of like government regulation and things. But they never made it clear if they were 
beholden to any particular government. You know what I mean? Like you assume it's an American organization that works around the world because everyone was American, but no, because I know. and I, I I thought this, and I might have thought it because I read a summary of the graphic novel as opposed to the show. But I did get the sense that it was like kind of like a UN, like a a, a group of a collection of nations had come together. Um, and decided to form the global frequency in order to protect all of them and the rest of the world. So it was like United States and France and Britain and whatever, all these kind of like UN Security Council. Interesting. I think on the show itself, they talk about how all the spy agencies of the world, they don't communicate with each other, so information never gets out. So um, sort of the woman who runs it, Miranda Zero, played by Michelle Forbes, she says she basically created a spy agency to spy on them and do the things they won't do. She, I believe, I believe what she's what said at some point is, um, they're they're there to prevent the government from covering up the ultra secret nightmares that happen in the world, <laughs> which is basically just a way of saying we're gonna go see like weird science fictiony creepy stuff. That's Absolutely. what you're gonna see in this show. Yeah. Absolutely, and they're all kind of all we see of global frequency is they're in like kind of a big black box room with a bunch of computers and like monitors everywhere, and there's there's your uh, your hacker res, your resident hacker uh, Ayla who she's just there to like use the computers and uh reach out to people and then she's sort of monitored behind her by uh, michelle forbes's uh, i forget her uh, miranda zero one i didn't think that was the best set i mean i know it was supposed to be like a a bit of a um centerpiece of having this like kind of huge monitor and showing all the different screens they can look at it at one point but i thought i'm like well that's not that exciting and also didn't you think for the most of it that they were never going to leave that room because, like, she just kept, uh, what's her name? Michelle Forbes just kept walking on around. And I was like, oh, man, she's never going to get to the room. And then she does. And it's good. But. Yeah. It, I, I sort of felt like maybe the room would be better if the show got picked up to series. It is definitely. But for the pilot, they had, like, maybe fewer computer monitors that they were. Yeah. It is definitely <laughs> a black for. box room. Um, I think it's funny because it's kind of like Galactica 80s starships when they had none of those sets. Yeah. Where they would just drape black everywhere and just, like, let the background fall. That's very much what they're doing here. They're supposed not to know. We'll move on to the plot in a second. How I, I we're talking a little bit about what global frequency is, but how does it work? Well, what it appears to do is it appears to be there's they have these phones, and then when they need somebody or they think that somebody has expertise that they need, they call on them to join the global frequency. And for this reason, the global frequency, although it's covert, is not actually entirely secret. They tell us kind of right at the beginning of the of the show that people are kind of aware that there might be some global frequency. Yeah, there's a newspaper article that says, is there a global frequency? Yeah. Is the global frequency real? I had a whole what's real response ready, Luke. When you said what's real, I was going to say, apparently the global frequency. Oh, I had that, a whole thing going on. That would have been good. Let's go back and do that again. But I wasn't introduced <laughs> okay. at that point, and I didn't want to just like jump in, but it's fine. All right, all right. Take um, a drink, everybody. <laughs> But yeah, so apparently a lot a lot of people are sort of vaguely aware that this m global frequency might exist, but it's never confirmed. And in fact, and we'll get into this later as we go through the story, the global frequency seems to rely on the fact that people are vaguely aware of it. I think, yeah, it's a bit of an open secret. Right, because otherwise, if somebody just showed up at your house with a phone and said, you're on the global frequency, come with me, you'd be like, hell no, who the hell are you? You're I, on the global frequency. I think that's what it is. It's an open secret. So when someone shows up, you're like, oh, it's real and I'm on it. And you get excited. <laughs> Wouldn't you, though, like if someone said to you originally, here's the phone, don't you want to be part of it? I'd be like, yeah. But as soon as that phone ring rang, I'd be like, oh, I don't want to pick this up. 
<laughs> well, it is help. funny because the essential idea of it, it's mostly like crowdsourcing. Like if you need information, they just like call someone up and be like, hey, you know science. Uh, what's this mean? Hey, uh, you've uh, been to a library. What's this mean? And they've got those computers there and they're really like kind of looking at people. But essentially, whenever they need to solve a problem, it's it's more like a party line. Like it's not as techy as you would think it's actually just calling a lot of people on the phone it's like having a phone list yeah like if she had a rolodex it would be the same show yeah um, i don't hate it but i just thought it was funny i'm just like oh this is more about owning a phone than it is about like being very tech savvy well and clearly anybody who has a phone is like welcome to be on the global frequency yeah because that's what happens right at they the get beginning the, to when, our guy. once you get this cool smartphone from miranda zero which is it i'll try to describe it it looks kind of like an old time cell phone with like buttons you push to dial phones but someone's like taking the casing off it so it's mostly a circuit board and then like there's a camera that you can pop out the top and they've hidden like a little bluetooth headset on it so you can pick stick that in your ear and clip it to your belt <laughs> that's very funny at some point uh our, our our lead flynn he's like uh i need to do something they're like just take out the thing and clip it to your belt and i'm like oh fancy i i, I kind of like the look of the uh the phone i thought it looked all right yeah I, I mean it was it was just funny to me because it was uh clearly just pre-iphone because nothing's touchscreen it's all very like yeah. analog still and i'm just like in two years if this show had lasted two years that phone would be very like everyone else's phone in the world would suddenly be much better than a global right. frequency phone that's true anyway well they should have rented them is what you're saying with global frequency went and they bought all those phones they went and bought so many phones they yeah. should have been leasing yeah, yeah. that is absolutely true essentially what they find out about this half body is flynn kind of takes a photo of it for them and they're like hey, we've been tracking these radiation bursts about in San Francisco. One happened here. This is one of our guys. We need to figure out what happened. Can you stay there with the body while we call in one of our agents? They make a quick call to the San Francisco uh, Department of Physics where uh, Dr. Kate Finch is uh, busily doing some sort of weird physics lecture, maybe. Doing kind of a lecture with like a whole bunch of dudes around her and she's writing on this whiteboard and correcting somebody's formula. See, I don't think it was a lecture. I think it was, It. I mean, what the point of the scene is to show like she's very smart. There's. It's, it's a group of all guys and her and she's sort of like the only one who knows what to do. But I think she just... The way I picture was she just walked into the room, saw the formula on the wall, and was like, no, 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 and just started changing. She wasn't invited in That would have been way funnier. She goodwill hunting? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then she just dropped the chalk and walked away. Well, she's a genius. They go on later to say she, like, she has like six degrees in what Flynn refers to as weird sciences, mm-hmm. but she's, she's quite a genius. And so she sort of joins his team to kind of figure out what's going on with this milted man. And she immediately is able to put together that these radiation bursts seem like they're, they match the pattern of brain waves. It's not, it's not just random radiation bursts. Somebody's doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got our partnership now. We got a partnership. Since Flynn's next cop, he realizes this dead guy was probably staking out the building across the street from the alley, got caught unawares by the suspect, and was milted. He figures out so much yeah. so quickly. It's such a coincidence that he happens to be an ex-cop and happens to know the guy who he can only see half of yeah. on, the, on the ground in the dark alley. And figures out exactly what he was doing. Like, I would just like, oh, God. This show, but you mentioned it before, Luke. This this show does not waste any time. Oh, it, it, it They were just like, we need them to get going. Oh, he looks in a window. There must be someone there. And he walked around the corner. And uh, wind's coming from the easterly wind. So it had to be that down that street. That, well, that, and then it's like, and you're like, all right, I guess we're off and running. In this first five minutes when they're talking global frequency, they're like, we're following these radiation bursts. They're getting stronger. There's only 55 minutes for the city explodes. I'm like, 50? <laughs> oh, I'm like, holy oh, crap. Yeah. Like, there's this, this show takes no time to breathe which is something i kind of liked about it because they know he was staking someone out they have uh alia the, the hacker lady look into who works across he was the street Aleph. 
Aleph, yeah. Is it Aleph? Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to say it the first time, but... It's not... I I wrote it down because I'm like, I got to try to remember how to pronounce this. And I uh, did not... A-L-E-F. A-L-E-P-H. Really? Aleph. No? Yeah, there and he go. calls her Alpha at one point. In the show. <laughs> I love I love in TV shows where an actor says a wrong name and everyone just goes, "Man, I leave it in." <laughs> Can't fix that. Oh no, it was a joke. No, oh, it was like it, was written it? into oh. the script. No, no, where he calls her Alpha. And I thought it was she, like uh, in like, uh, Alpha. I thought it was like in, in Tech War when they kept calling uh, Bascom a different name. <laughs> Tech War. Um, <laughs> how do you pronounce her name again? Aleph. Aleph, I think. Elf. Elf. Aleph. Aleph. Like Alpha, but sure. not. All right. Alpha is able to pinpoint who the suspect is man with watching a guy named R. Jenkins. And they're able to go start tracking him down. My favorite part, though, is when she, she Googles or types into her computer, like, who could it be? And she has the greatest catchphrase on the show. Did you, either of you catch your catchphrase? No, what was it? No. She has a catchphrase? She's like, hold on, let me look that up. Spank me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's a hell of a catchphrase. <laughs> I'm going to use that tomorrow at work. Yeah, yeah. Use that community catchphrase. We get a quick scene where we catch up with this Jenkins character as he goes. He's a real sad man going into a diner. He is sad. And he's wearing a sad man's trench coat. This is so this whole scene. Well, I guess you could describe the scene first if you want to. Luke. Mm-hmm. But the whole scene. So he goes into the diner and he's sad. And then he unwittingly sets off a kind of supernatural occurrence okay, yeah. in the diner where like people's coins stand on end and start rolling around and some stuff shakes. And everyone's very, phone rings. Everyone's phone rings randomly. And, and then he kind of freaks out and leaves the diner and so that to me felt so much like what i wonder if that was supposed to be the beginning of this show because that felt like a teaser to like an x-files episode or something like that where you're in a diner you don't know what's going on a guy comes in all this weird stuff happens he runs out so i don't know if that was originally written that way but it felt like when i was watching that that that's what it should be um you think so they retooled it and they're like wait a minute we need more of this guy who what, what do they say about uh, who's it? What's our lead's name? Keith Flynn, Flynn? Sean, Sean Flynn, Flynn. and I, he said at one point he likes simple answers and has an elevated capacity for violence. <laughs> they had to get that in. At <laughs> they the had beginning. to get that in, or, and they also I think they were probably like we need to meet our main characters because it's a pilot, mm-hmm. and so let's meet our main characters for. But maybe not. I I maybe maybe it was just written that way differently, but it seemed really upside down for the way a regular show would go especially a show like this which seems to take a lot of its cues from older shows like the x-files mm. where it's probably going to be like a mystery of the week or a scientific anomaly of the week that they're going to have to solve it's i mean like, certainly lots of pieces of it are very conventional like to tv program you'd seen and then occasionally it's like this whole like how it's starting balls to the walls and you're just going is so unconventional then you pair it with this like very conventional narrative in addition, it, it is a weird balance on it where you're never quite sure what this show is trying to be. We jump forward and they like have tracked down Jenkins's apartment and they're they're going in. He's got this big serial killer style wall of photos of brains. Yeah, which is uh, always fun to see. Um, Jenkins, of course, comes home while they're there and uh, he starts doing whatever this radiation thing he does is. Is like, it's how would you describe what happens when he starts having his seizure? <laughs> Um, it's like he's like sending out like these sort of pulses, like uh, electrically charged pulses from his body that radiate outwards and cause destruction, I guess. Right. But not through glass. But not glass because glass is inherently a liquid. Or something. Yeah, I, I know. They said that. I was like, all right, I'll buy it. <laughs> sure. Why not? Yes. If that, if that gets us to the next point. Sure. He starts having a seizure and he's like, I'm sorry, I don't want to hurt you. And all these weird pulses are shooting out of him. And Dr. Flynn, being a scientist, grabs... 
Dr. Flynn, Dr. Finch. I, I keep having this problem because I'm like, Finch, Flynn, who's who? <laughs> Dr. Finch grabs Flynn and pulls him into the shower. Because of course she does. And yeah. then turns on the water so they're under the water. And oh. they're saved from the explosion. And they, and they fall out on top of each other. All yeah. wet. Well, here's the thing. This is a bit of a, a thing that bothers me in TV shows. They got really, really wet. But then as soon as they fell on the ground, they were like, at best, like a tiny bit damp. And I know like you just can't have your actors that's be soaked all the time. That's what bothers that you about this me. scene, No, Jordan? just because I see that it, one thing. I see it all the enough? time. Someone goes into into like a lake or something and they come up and they're like, they look like they've been misted. I'm like, no, no, they should be soaking, soaking wet. Yes, I know it's stupid, the scene. <laughs> the, the main thing, though, is they're not soaking wet. They were just in a shower. I did know the same thing. I was just like, oh, they, it's very funny because they're just very, her hair is just a little damp now. <laughs> What, what what was it you liked that they that you did you liked the romance you that liked they were setting the, you up? You like the will they won't they? I liked no, I hated it. Oh my <laughs> god, what are you talking about? No, the thing that I I started hating immediately was when he chases before they get to Jenkins' apartment when he chases her down and jumps in the car yeah. and she he asks her a bunch about herself and she explains her degrees and then he's like basically he's like I don't understand any of that. You're way smarter than me, and you have no life. And then he just starts telling her that she's a shitty person because she doesn't have a life because he feels like threatened by the fact that she, but then she doesn't call him on it. Like I don't think he says that. He basically goes nerd. But then he's also like, oh, but when do you have time for a life? And then she has, she starts to defend herself. Like, oh, I, I've, I've had dates and I've done things. And it's just, it's just like the worst, most cliche possible conversation. And then they go and they do this shower thing. I thought it was such great world building. (laughs) And then they have a conversation later in the car where she's all passionate and still wet. And I'm just like, Jesus, like it was just so, and he said, what did he say? Wait, where I wrote it down. You went to college. I was in the Marines. Ooh, and then he kicks the door down. Yeah, yeah. Pla- and I'm just like, okay, so this is the dynamic that well, we're supposed to, to be, be enjoying. Well, to be fair, he has an elevated capacity for violence. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And he likes simple answers. As soon as she started talking, he was like, no, me hungry. I he think like that, simple. Like, this is one of the big problems about this episode. In addition to other things that I'm sure we'll discuss, is just like, they just did the dumbest possible version of... Like if you want, you're going to have two people investigating something. Let's do the dumbest possible dynamic, like the most basic, well, cliche. I thing. haven't read the comic, but apparently every issue of the comic was Miranda Zero calling a different person and sort of that same like monster of the week, sort of solving some sort of crime, which I actually think you talk about more. But I think that would have been stronger in as a show, a sort of like almost an anthology type thing where the only consistency is those two people in the office because they're trying really hard to sell these two characters on you um, to the viewer, but also don't really want to create anything interesting about them. So it's like, yeah, here's the two people. They're both attractive, right? You like them? All right, let's move on. More about a uh, guy they're, getting the migraine. We have generic, generic sexual yeah, tension. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're very they're very generic. You meathead scientists put them together. They're a team, for sure. Actually, it's funny you say that. I, I did read, too, that the uh, comic books were sort of standalone new characters every time. And I saw the same thing, either anthology or like treated as um, like one of these like a true detective or something, just pick one big case every right. season and just have a group of characters come in, run the global frequency, and then you could pick it up with a new one. Like, it feels like there's an idea here that could work. Well, that's what I mean. There's an idea, but I think they were like, or someone said, you need to have a team, like a CSI type team, and and they gave as little effort and thought into it as possible. <laughs> and there's like, here's a guy that kind of looks like other actors. Here's a woman that kind of looks like other actresses. And They'll like them. That's fine. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think you, both of you guys are right about what would have been a better show, but there's no way that anyone would have made that in 2005. No, maybe like you're right. That's, it's, that's you're, just... no, you're right. It's way too early for that idea. Yeah. They didn't even have iPhones. Uh, well, I know. 
They're using BitTorrent. <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to the show. Um, after Jenkins explodes the apartment and they survive thanks to uh, water glass, <laughs> they, uh, they, they search around and they kind of find a, a, a bag of uh, documents behind his fridge. And it's basically they find out he's, he's a former spy. He's a sleeper agent who's been planted here. And his real name is uh, Vladimir Pultkin. Here's my second thing that I really hate seeing in TV, other than people not being as wet as they should be, is uh, actors doing really bad Russian accents. So many bad Russian accents yeah. in this. And really bad Russian names. It, like, it's, it's as if they were like, can you do a Russian accent? And like, not really. All right, good enough. Yeah. Like, okay, so there's this guy. And then there was another guy. Wait, I wrote down the other ones. There was another guy named Oscar Sergeyev who was also a Russian. Sounds and, Russian. And I'm just like, this is just like the most basic possible like what's the one russian that people might have heard of oh vladimir putin okay let's <laughs> yeah what was his name again it was almost that it was vladimir putekin oh yeah that's right <laughs> it was it was i also noted that i'm like just like putin um but now they kind of know the suspect's real name it's global frequency time <laughs> that would be so much better if they called and said that hey guys it's global frequency time basically uh alf <laughs> alif 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 Aleph, Aleph, Aleph. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we ever came to any uh, real consensus this is like there. Giving Luke a bit of a seizure trying yeah. to say this word. For some um, she gets on the phone. She calls Copenhagen. She calls London. She's talking Spanish. She's talking J- Japanese. She's all over the place. She. They're calling experts from the world. But basically, what they figure out is that uh, our dear friend Vlad, he was a subject from 1979 in a KGB. Of, paranormal research operation called mercury Mm, project mercury project Mm. mercury essentially they were like gathering a bunch of little x-men kids up yeah and uh trying to turn them into like like superheroes finding out there's one of the scientists left alive in the world being held at a secret nsa lockdown site super legal codename zulu i have a question though about this guy's powers um what's his name prokovyov what's his name vladimir protekin yeah that's the one um it seems at first that he can't control his powers at all, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like, he's like, I don't mean to, and it's just happening. I got a migraine or whatever happens. But then later on, we're going to come to a scene very soon where police stop him, and he seems to, like, purposely I think I think it's an waves. accident. It's an accident, too? I think it's an accident. I think it's maybe because he's stressed. He, like, can't. Oh, stress trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought, I thought he didn't mean to, to do it. He's anything. a bad test taker. Yeah, I was so bad at test taking. Um... But yes, they find out about this black op site where this scientist who worked on him there. So they're like, oh, if we go talk to him, maybe we'll get some more information about this missing suspect. And I would argue this kind of ends up being maybe not for the, all the right reasons, but maybe the uh, best part of the show. Like Miranda Zero gets on the phone and calls some dude at the NSA and just like bullies him on the phone. He's like, tell me where it is. And he's like, I don't want to. He's like, tell me where it is. And he's like, okay. He's like, stop yeah. calling me. Leave me alone. She like bullies him on the phone and she's like, well, good news. I built that place. Yeah, I know. And I was like, Oh, she, she built it. She's an engineer. She designed it. She designed. Oh, she designed it. oh yeah. sorry, she's a designer. She. Uh, so we kind of get a scene where she leaves the office and goes on a solo mission, and she's like dressed like Neo from the Matrix. I was gonna say this is so Matrix. Yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. It's complete with like the like pleather jacket yeah. and everything. Like the new metal. It's it's all. It's you know, all there. you know, Michelle Forbes was loving this though. Oh, what a treat for her. Yeah, she goes up and like she knows the pa- the backdoor passcode to punch in, and she's just like, and they're like, how do you know that? And she's like, it's Elf's birthday, and I'm like. Oh, is that her daughter? 
No, Aleph is Aleph. Yeah, no, is that her daughter though? No. Yes, they're, they're it, not. No, because she? she said she said when she built the place, yeah. designer, she put a backdoor code in, and it's her birthday. Uh huh. I think that's her a, daughter. Oh, it didn't she? I don't. Oh, I didn't think that. Also, it does sound like you're saying Alf, and I like picturing that Alf would just be in this show. Yeah, I'm just gonna call her Alf. in front of all the computers. Yeah. Gor- Gor- Gordon Shumway, what was his name? Alf's real name? Oh, I don't know. He was a monster, right? <laughs> he was an alien. No, no, the man who played him. Oh, was he? Was a human monster. Oh, the guy who played... I know that the guy... Oh, we won't go into it. I know that the guy who played the, the dad in that show had some issues after. I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but I, for some reason, I feel like that's 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 his backstory. Hmm. Not a good... Are movie. we talking about Michael Jackson again? Oh. Ever? He's a monster. Anyway. <laughs> sorry. Continue. Well, let's get back onto that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we get this whole Matrix scene where she fights the security guard, and it's very kicking and fighting and like kind of slow-mo well it's everything it's all like time warped action time warped so it's action like fast and slow and but then what i like in the middle of this is they all in the middle of stealing from the matrix they also take a moment to steal from mission impossible where she takes off her sunglasses and throws them across a room and they explode i'm just like there's so much stuff here that's from like other places but it's kind of the best part of the episode because it's just like fun and weird and it's just like so clearly it's not even they're like this is what we're knocking off like no question i think someone just was like Guys, you need an action scene. Like, all right, we'll just have her go like beat everyone up and like blow stuff up. Yeah. Or maybe cool. Michelle Forbes was like, I'll do this show, but I'm not standing in a black room the whole time. You have to give right. me stuff to do. You have to let me kick some ass. How do you feel about pleather, they said. And she was like, I love it. And they <laughs> I'll were bring like, my own. Can you kick someone in the head? And she said, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, essentially, the, she busts into this place, goes to the cell where they're holding this Russian scientist who kind of fills the, her in on like, they took this kid in 1979. They put a big computer chip in his brain to sort of hone his powers. Emphasis on big. They mentioned how it's like not a small chip. It's a <laughs> yeah. very, very in, large in chip. In his very bad accent. It's yeah. like this Russian chip is very big. He's not normal chip. That right there was better than the guy's Russian accent. <laughs> that was much, much better. And essentially describing how it's been too many years. They sent him over as like a living bomb uh, to destroy America if they needed him to. But it's probably been like the chips been melting his brain fluid, so he's probably becoming very uh, what, what haywire, unstable. unstable. The chips basically short circuiting, yeah, like dying in his brain. Yeah, right. And then uh, the general who runs the NSA facility like throws open the door and he's like, "You're under arrest, Michelle Forbes." And she's like, "You're under arrest." And he's like, "Oh fuck, you got me." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I like that. She's went, uh, 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 and that was it. Well, she does kind of just say, "He's like, uh, call the director of security and ask him what happened, uh, Tulsa, uh, to come see Idaho." And he's like, "What?" He's like, "Here's his personal cell phone number." The guy like walks out of the room. He's like, uh, "Just watch him for a second. Comes back. He's like, "All right, you're the boss of the NSA now." Yeah. Tell me what to do. And she like she gets to be the boss of the NSA for the rest of the episode. Now, is that because she knew some classified information that she could like like use as a as blackmail? I think so. I think that's what she, they're saying is something terrible happened there. The government had to cover right. it up. And now she's blackmailing the Secretary of Defense to like let her take advantage of the facility. She's so in. basically Miranda Zero, and I'm just sort of coming to this realization now as we're having this conversation, is essentially she's like kind of the queen hacker of the world. I mean, that's probably because she's, she designed that top secret facility with all the codes and the security and she's a hacker and her whole system of the global frequency is about being a hacker and getting people by searching computer records and all of that her daughter elf is a hacker i guess that could be (laughs) why she operates with impunity i think that's because she just has information on everybody she seems to have worked for the global security or the secrecy like she was in the spy community she got tired of how they ran it but she had so much information and power she spun off into her own kind of like thing and started using 
everyday people and like people with specialties and like tied them into their global frequency. So so an altruistic sort of secret society. Right. She does. She does seem to have a little bit of a philosophy about it, which we'll get into later. Okay. Okay. I can't wait to hear what her philosophy is. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile, uh, Doctor Finch, uh, she's been looking at the radiation maps, and she sort of figured out that uh, old Vlad's brain waves seem to correspond with the city's power grid. <gasps> He's pulling power to his brain. Mm-hmm. Haven't we seen this before in something? It feels like we've seen this before. I there's several X Files episodes that reminded me of this episode. There's one with the there's one with Giovanni Ribisi where he can harness the lightning. Mm-hmm. And like turns the power on and off. But the one this actually really reminded me of was the season two episode with Tony Shalhoub called Soft Light. Do you guys remember this episode? He's he's this scientist whose shadow kills oh, people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's that germaphobic detective, right? Yeah. In Fuck. that episode. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say he's that guy from Wings. Yeah. Different Antonio reference. from Wings. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So he he's a scientist who's involved in an experiment he's an american scientist who's involved in an experiment gone wrong and then it turns out that his shadow kills people so he's just like this sad broken guy who like is just running around the city essentially trying not to kill people much like this not much like this guy jenkins character which is anyways it feels it feels like a familiar episode it certainly feels familiar I, i couldn't tell you if we've watched something similar to it but it does feel like someone taking electricity from a grid does sound it it rings bells for sure. So they use this ability to track him because they can check the power the power grid down and be like, oh, where's he going? Let's follow him through the power grid. Um, this is the point where Jenkins uh, is stopped by a couple cops and he uh, milts them and throws their cop car in the air and like they bullet time, they shoot some bullets, it goes bullet time. And it's, you know, they use all the special effects that God can muster. <laughs> but essentially what happens is Flynn and Dr. Finch chase him down and basically chase him into a power substation where he's just like i don't want to hurt anybody it's not my fault but i'm in this power substation but i know that my brain blows up with more power so i went to the most power i could find well they needed that big uh big set piece but for the end it It was a nice set i did note that i thought i I mean again we're watching it on a kind of a low quality thing but i thought it was pretty good i think the production values are pretty good in this i mean he sort of talks about he's like i came to america to spy but i love america i would never (laughs) hurt america he loves america in the end all he wants to do is eat hamburgers <laughs> but because he's in his power station uh elf is able to check in with this pot with the, her computer she types in some numbers and she's like if he explodes in there he's going to kill three million one thousand four hundred nineteen people i love when people uh, give really specific numbers like that it's like just round it we get it it was the it was the most specific number i was like that's a lot of people though it is a lot of people. And how did she know exactly who was visiting? Who was in town? Who's in town? Who you was out why? camping that weekend? Like, she knows somehow. Global frequency. They're on the global frequency. Yeah. They say this also. They say global frequency. What was it? About 3,000 times in this episode? I like it because we're referring to global frequency, but whenever they say it, they're like, the. The global frequency. Yeah, they, they, very they have that, the definite article is very important to have in there. Essentially, he's going to blow, kill three million people, and there's only 15 minutes left to stop him because that's when his chip is apparently is going to melt down based on their calculations. They look at a map. Uh, the the scientist is also a hacker, so she hacks into a map of the facility. And she's like, "Good news! There's an old-fashioned breaker hidden under the floor here, but there's nowhere we can get to it. It's through all these tubes." Of a show that really just burns time to get to stuff. This was the weirdest turn I thought of the episode. Yeah. Like, so what's his name? Uh, Johnny Flynn. Yep. He's just like, "Hold on, I know who to call." Am I right? Well, he says. I, I, he says, he kind of says, I know who to call, but he doesn't know who to call. He's just like, can you look for people who fit this description? But we never hear what his description right. is. 
And then she calls back. She's like, I found someone. She's nearby. And I'm like, there's 15 minutes left. He's like, he's like, I'm going to go drive over and get her. I'm like, how close to this? She's very close. <laughs> he does a drive over, knocks on her door. And this, this young woman answers the door. And she's like, uh, hello? And he's just like, hi, um, global frequency? And she's like, oh, my God, you're real. Oh, my God, can I join, please? Well, she, at first, she's a little put off. She's like, uh, I don't know. And then she's like, he pulls out his cell phone. He's like, look at my cell phone. <laughs> yeah, that's all it took. As soon as she saw that cell phone, she's like, all right, I'm in. She saw the cell phone, and she really was sold on it. And they bring her back, and this is a real Ocean's Eleven. She gets back, and she's like, I'm a gymnast. And I'm like, oh. And so yeah. she can crawl through the tubes, and she does this, like, gymnastic, like, It reminded me flipping. of Jurassic Park. I thought the exact same thing. Yeah, too, yeah, yeah. She does, a, she does some uneven bars and then grabs the breaker and stops it. She's flipping over top of this spinning All I know is fan. when, I, so when scary. I, all the times I've designed a power station, I always make sure there's uneven bars just in case if you need to get over a panel so if a gymnast can come in. And, yeah. It's just over that fan, up. though, so that no yeah. one else can do it. Yeah, exactly. You don't want anyone who's not a gymnast to reach that, mm-hmm. that breaker. At any rate, they shut off the power. I guess they saved the city, but obviously this man's still going to explode even, I guess, without a lack of power to go around so yeah we're kind of so. we're left well no he was going to kill all of them in the room at least yeah he's going to kill at least the three people in the room and miranda zero calls in and tells funny he's like you gotta shoot him in the head you gotta it's the only way to stop him you want to kill you want to kill your friend the gymnast who you just dragged over here she was going to bed yeah she, she didn't want to explode in a power station and she's got like a, a she's got a, a meet in the morning what do they call for gymnasts an event? I don't know. Track me. Yeah, yeah. gymnast me. She's got a track meet in the morning. <laughs> uh, this is actually a scene I actually quite liked because Flynn starts like heaming and high. He's like, oh, there's got to be a better way. And I thought for sure they're going to be like, we can get him on a boat and drive him out and like, you know, some heroic way of like not having to kill him. But like the 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 man who's going to explode like grabs the gun and like moves it over. So he's like, you're going to miss the chip in my head. Just uh, shoot right here, please. And uh, Flynn actually does like shoot him in cold blood. And uh, Miranda, Miranda Zero's whole thing is just like, this is what we do. Sometimes we just have to do the hard thing. Like that's just what this organization is. Sometimes you just got to shoot a guy in the face. Yeah, you just got to shoot a chip out of some guy's head. Big deal. It's Tuesday. Yeah, I did like that they shoot that they shot him because I didn't expect either that they were actually going to shoot him. I thought that they were going to yeah. come up with some other thing. It, and... it wasn't nice. Like this is one of the pieces where I'm just like, oh, that's cool. Like that's usually in these kind of shows, this is where they pull the punch or they like come up with a third way or something. This one was like, he stood there really heaming and high. He didn't want to do it. And, he, and they're like, you got to do it. Like, what are you going to do? There's nothing left to do. And he ends up shooting this guy. I also like that uh, as they're standing over him, Miranda Zero calls and she's like, Hey, Flynn, you got to shoot him in the head. Do you got a gun? He's like, yeah, it's America. I got a gun. <laughs> like, it was very funny. She's like, she's like, you don't happen to have a gun on you, do you? He's like, oh, yeah, I definitely. Have. It hasn't come up all episode, but I 100% have a gun on. But he's yeah. suspended. He was supposed to give his badge and his gun. Yeah, that's that's what you have to do when you're Listen, suspended. Listen, he's an ex-Marine. He's an ex-cop. He was so sad eating that, uh, eating that Chinese food because he's about to go to a movie theater and shoot it up. He just happened to. Oh, good soon. thing the global frequency found him first. <laughs> that's what. Ha- that's it was a real lucky break for everyone involved. So they shoot the guy in the head, and uh, it sort of like saves the day, and that uh, kind of wraps up the episode when we get outside, and um, it's kind of the next day, and Miranda Zero pops by to basically invite Flynn to uh, join the global frequency in person. Tells him, I'm going to be pairing you up with Dr. Finch. Because everyone who's been watching knows yeah. you two are what people want to see. Yeah. And then she Batmans him. I know. <laughs> That's what I wrote down, too. <laughs> yeah. He turns around to see the doctor. She's like, oh, you're going to be my partner? She's like, your boss. And then he turns around to talk to Miranda. And she's just gone. She's yeah. just, like vanished into the air. I'm like, what a Batman. Yeah. But I mean, that's basically the show, you know, a real setup for kind of what the show is going to be. The final shot even is just like they do this kind of push over all the global frequency computers and you just see people's phones 
lighting up and it, it puts to a wide shot and uh, Alf turns around and leans right into camera. She says, you're on the global frequency. Yeah, yeah I know. That's right. Yeah. That was great. A real, real life. I didn't think that was nearly as exciting as I think they thought it was going to be like, oh, wow. The, here's the thing. There's nothing exciting about seeing someone on a computer and just, just adding screens doesn't make that more exciting or showing how busy their screens are. So it was like, okay, yeah, she's got a lot of, a lot of screens going. Jordan, this was the greatest show never made. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, it's funny. You mentioned that, that, um, a lot of the comments uh, I read, people point to that sort of rather dark ending of having the you know hero kill the guy. That it was just it was just too edgy for TV. And that's why <laughs> it was just too edgy. Yeah, because so much about that show was. That's the first yeah. thing I thought when I watched that show. It was like, wow, this is edgy. Yeah, this is too punk rock. Yeah, I mean they had all that new metal in. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for probably the period of time it was coming out. It was a little bit off formula, not enough for it to really, I think, stand any sort of test of time at all. It feels like a knockoff of the X-Files with something else with something else. Yeah. yeah. But like, I think as we were talking about the episode, there was probably a good idea in here somewhere that could have been something. Well, and I don't think we've mentioned it, but this was tried two more times. Really? Yeah. So uh, another pilot, it got to pilot one other time and then kind of fell apart. And then one other time, I think in 2000... I think 2015 was the last time yeah. they tried it. So with diff- like different, different producers. producers and different network. Wow. Yeah. So it, someone someone thinks there's something good here, or maybe it's just Warren Ellis is like, guys, this is really good. Make this into a show. You know, TV pays much better than comics. It, well, that's true. I mean, I think it's funny. I do think it could work, but I do also feel like it is so like it fits into 2005 when the internet was still a little bit fresh and this mm-hmm. idea of crowdsourcing information. I don't know, like plays as well like in 2019 but it was it's an interesting idea anyway i mean i don't know michelle forbes though we all like michelle forbes yeah i like michelle forbes i mean i would have watched the show if it was just michelle forbes like running through facilities and kicking people in the head like that's that's also a better show that would have been a much better show than this one with these sort of two bland boring white people just it's true being annoying in a car like it's funny the most I, I felt like after reading about like i read a wired article about it, there's a lot of there's a bunch of writing around it after the pilot leaked i felt the most science fiction thingy thing thingy the most science fiction thingy about this show was actually like the idea that like a pilot could not go but potentially get enough like fan base on the internet like this is what netflix and amazon does they just wait for a show to get canceled that has enough of a like a vocal fan base they go and snap it up and keep yeah, redoing yeah. it like if this were today like Amazon would just be on the phone. It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do we get this global frequency? It's like, it's not good. Oh, we don't care. Yeah, we don't care. How, yeah, I, how, it's not good. What do you want? 10 million an episode? I guess I was going to say this is barely science fiction. I mean, it's science fiction the way that like the X-Files is science fiction. It's it's kind, is, it's kind a sort of, mix of science fiction, a little bit of espionage, a little bit of just procedural. And yeah. it doesn't quite jive together. It's it, There's little bits of stuff, but I think it's, I think maybe that's the problem is that it didn't, the tone of it and it, the direction isn't quite that clear. It's like, oh, it's kind of a it's, action show, it's but a, there's elements of something. I think yeah. it would lean more to a cyberpunk. Like, I think that's the world it's trying to live in. Live in. Like, that's the Matrix references. That's that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, but it's cyberpunk for, like, the very, very tame crowd watching network television, yeah. basically. Because- um, did you not see The Half Body? Um, <laughs> the guy shot a guy at the end. And also... And uh, they were me. And they spank me. And then they were quite damp coming out of that shower they were quite damp yeah. not damp enough no not 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 nearly damp no because they should mean soaking not to excite the audience's <laughs> imagination yeah. yeah yeah i guess this would have been a it would have been a nine o'clock yeah airing yeah nine o'clock prime time well as we know it probably would have been very expensive i mean there's a, probably yeah. a lot of reasons actually that the network 
might not have probably wanted cast it. On well, it. probably because they're like, this is expensive. And also, did you watch it? It's not very good. No, it's it's expensive and bland, I guess. Is, yeah. Is yeah. The, it's like it was reasonably well produced, oh, but. That's my autobiography title. Expensive bland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, well, I think we've talked about it uh, quite a bit, but do you guys want, do you guys have ratings for this episode? Yeah, I think Jane should go first. Yeah, I really just was so bored by it. I actually wasn't even sure how we could sustain a conversation for an hour about it. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't worried at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm giving it like a four. A four? Mm. Yeah. I was I just felt like there was nothing. I'm much I'd be much more lenient if it was something old and weird, like some of the other weird stuff that you guys watch from the seventies, I would probably rate a lot higher than you guys do Interesting. with this. I just felt like especially given what else was out there at the time in in what was going on in science fiction and stuff like these guys were 10 years behind Too late. themselves yeah it's funny i thought maybe because it had a little bit of that 90s conspiracy edge which i know you have a soft spot for i thought you might have more of a soft spot but you not really you've come down pretty hard no i really don't like bad tech i like that's a real pet peeve of mine is when like people say and i actually wrote it down at one point Aleph says early on she says change the flash Alf. memory and extend the gray tube like that was <laughs> like her like she has so much like techno babble that's not even I, there was some great dialogue I, I, I like at, miranda at one point says uh they're like who gives you the right and she goes i'm saving lives that gives me the right i would have said no it doesn't <laughs> no it doesn't there's legal procedures that have to be that have to be you know above the law above the law yeah yeah i just i just felt like it was super dumbed down and really boring so what do you, what do you think Luke? For. obviously i don't think it's a very good show and i don't think it's like the best show never made by any means but there were a few. I I didn't hate watching the forty five minutes I watched. I, I'd give it. A, I'm gonna give it a six point five. I think. Okay. Just so you know, I'm not lying. I'm also giving a six point five because it was already written in my notes. All right. I feel the same way. I don't think this was good, but yeah, it was just like it just kind of missed the mark on everything it tried. But I think it again. Th- there's some better inklings of an idea than some of the things we've seen. It's just that. I think you're right. It's it seemed a little dated even by the time, and it would have been by as you said, like by 2016, this would have been like sad. Yeah. And I don't even. I mean, even if there was inklings of an idea, like it doesn't get credit for its idea. It came from a, something else. It came else. from something else. Absolutely. Yeah, the sure show enough. doesn't get credit for th- that. So what did the sh- what what has the show? What the added? show? But I've never seen was anything. The bad <laughs> but I've never seen anything where someone wears like a tight leather outfit and then goes around and shooting people and like never. I will say because we watched so many shows on the show, 45 minutes. And they came out of the they came out of the gate so fast. I was like, "Great, let's just go. Don't explain anything to me. I don't care." <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. I think that does wrap it up. Jane, thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for having me, guys. Sorry, I gave you such a terrible show to watch. We'll watch one from the seventies next time. Well, I I, I have several the 50s, that I would like or the thirties. No, <laughs> a television show from the thirties. Yeah, I know it's amazing. Man, that's amazing. Yeah. That's well, science fiction. Well, if it I was, ever heard it. It just never got released. It was a pilot from the thirties. It never got released, and <laughs> best show that never was aired. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. What were you gonna say? I can't remember now nope. what I was All gonna right. say. All right, more about the nineteen thirties. <laughs> well, uh, we'll we'll have you back for something better next time. No, or I mean, maybe. I no, I maybe appreciate not. that you, you had me for something better? that was like. That was modern. It, it could have been good. You didn't know potential. that it was going to suck. And I enjoyed, I still enjoyed watching it and I enjoyed being on the podcast. And well, I, I enjoyed. I it. always enjoy having you. You've got good notes. Thank you. And a drinking game. And a drinking game. And a brand oh. new drinking game that you I'm guys I'm so can, excited about this drinking game. You can share with all of your drag. Stirs. Dragster <laughs> fans. Drag. Stir. Um, great. So uh, we're going to be back next week. We're moving on to a new series. 
next week we're coming back with planet of the apes the television program mm-hmm. what year did that come out i think that is 1975 mm. don't quote me though i'm probably wrong <laughs> yeah take how, a drink how many seasons is that single season uh-huh. it was uh i guess did not last but um i'm hopeful i'm hopeful it's gonna be fun i'm interested I'm monkey interested. costumes right i mean my understanding is they got all the monkey costumes from the movie so Nice. Oh, that's cool. It that's have... like that's like in Star Trek. Remember when clearly the Borg got a lot better looking after the movie? Yeah, because they all like, got he, the Borg. Yeah, because like, all this the Voyager Borgs and all the yeah. other Borgs got the Borg. Yeah, for sure. Anyways. It's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Until then, you can check out uh, our Instagram and Twitter where we're going to have I don't know what we're going to have from this half man. We're going to have some gymnastics. What are we going to have, Jordan? Simple answers and elevated capacity for violence. Oh, and uh, we're definitely going to have a drinking game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and if you have any thoughts, maybe you downloaded this in 2005 and uh, really joined that write-in campaign. Maybe you want to tell us all about it. You can email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com. But I guess that's about it for this episode. Thanks for joining us, listener. And Jordan, until next time, spank me. <laughs> that's good. Spank me. We should bring that back. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Siedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard.